0: And welcome to Top of the Card, the five-person wrestling podcast thing that isn't going to have an intro as good as last time because we've been running ragged. There's been a lot of wrestling, a lot of news, a lot of stuff with everything that we do. This is on Top of the Card Pod. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts on Spotify, uh, YouTube as well. That was an old joke if you saw old episodes. It's everywhere. Apple, iTunes, all that fun stuff. But I'm your co-host, Scott. Joining me is Jonathan C.T. Martin. How are you today, C.T.?
1: I am doing good. We got those post-Survivor series feelings just on the road to Rumble and Mania. It's kind of crazy that we're already here again. Feels like it was just yesterday we were complaining about Lashley beating Miz. And here we are. We're do- we're-, we're back on the road almost. Well, let's let's pivot over to the
0: GMSG because you mentioned Miz that. How are you doing, GMSG? Good.
2: Long, long 2 weeks, but Hey, at least it doesn't feel as long as the last two pay-per-views. Those felt
0: so long. It does. It does. Like, we, we've got a lot of content here to talk about. Thankfully, it's mostly just show stuff, so it's not a lot of rumor and hearsay, but there's some things in there. Uh, Red, how are you doing here? I'm
3: I'm okay. I'm drowsy. I only got four hours of sleep yesterday. We were up
0: late watching wrestling. But uh, other than that, no, the last two weeks have been pretty good. I think that's been like, because I was on four hours sleep I think back on Wednesday and GMSG that was you a couple days ago or you know, for Sunday um, it's it's been like I said just a rough busy week nothing bad just busy as all hell Jeremy how about you how, how have you been
4: I've been all right doing all right uh, sober today so you know it's, <laughs> it's a good day it's a good day long long weekend of wrestling but uh it was overall good
0: well let, let's dive in cuz I like said, it's a long day it's been a long time. The last stuff that we talked about was before full gear. So hey, remember when you were you were going to go to an AEW show to watch Hangman win the world title from Kenny Omega? Wait, you still went to the show but they didn't do that. Uh, how did it feel to watch that happen <laughs> with us in Discord <laughs> it, at full gear instead, yeah. It was, awesome. yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: it, was a, it was a great moment. I'm glad that they put the title on Hangman, even though some of us didn't think they would. But I'm just stoked because he's like one of my favorite wrestlers. I wish I could have seen it live and in person. But, uh, you know, when you have kids, I guess that goes out the window. So, but yeah, I was uh, I was hyped for it and I'm glad they did it.
1: Speaking of others, uh, CT, how's that top lock feeling? Yeah, well, it's not feeling great. Look, I've never been more happy to be like wrong. I mean, it's great. Page one, it's already better. Omega was injured, so that helps obviously with the decision. Um, no, I mean, I obviously I wish I got my top right, my top lock right, and I could be like, oh, beer me. You're wrong, but you know, I'm happy I'm okay losing here.
0: Uh, so beer me when regarding the the overall full gear event, like the whole thing. I don't want to say it was bad and forgettable, but I don't remember much of it. Um, from what it was, it, there was nothing overly bad. Like, top to bottom it was enjoyable. A bit long, but what were your thoughts overall on Full Gear? Because it was one where we were a little more hyped than All Out, even though you went to All Out. I know it's a bit different for you and going to Chicago for that, but it seemed like a stronger card, but there wasn't as much memorable from it, which isn't a barometer of success, but what were your feelings overall on it? I thought it was. I thought it was a good
4: card, but I... By, like, match four, I was, like, already out of it, kind of. Like, you know, like, it started feeling long. Like, the matches were good, and uh, I really liked Punk and Kingston. I liked the start of that match, and I liked the match a lot. Uh, Darby versus MJF was really, really good. Hangman and Omega was good. Yeah, it's overall a solid card. It just felt like it was, like, eight hours. I felt like I just got done watching WrestleMania, like, when they had it one day for eight hours. That's how I felt after after the pay-per-view, I was just wore out.
0: I think GMSG, bear Me legitimately reminded me of that feeling, because I had kind of blocked it out, but um, when we were watching this GMSG, we were noticing, like, they were going all out, pun not meant, but they were going like WrestleMania style for these matches, and there wasn't even contenderships, there wasn't anything for titles, it was simply a one-on-one match, which we knew going in after MGF and Darby was a great 20-30 minutes. And then that tag match, the six-man tag, they were doing things that were just absolutely insane just for bragging rights. And I get it. If they can go all out, there's no reason not to. But when other matches came along, like the Lucha Brothers and FTR, it didn't really stand out because their just-as-good was equivalent to the ones that weren't supposed to be special, if that makes sense. I know we talked about it a lot. I know you get what I'm going for, but what were your feelings on that? Like, I... It's hard to describe, they, but they burned us out, right? Like,
2: Yeah, they were going 110% all the entire time, 20-minute matches back to back to back to back. They were they need producers so bad because they had interference in every match for Miro and Brian, so that was just repetitive. They kept doing tributes to Eddie by doing the exact same move three different times in the show. Like, You can't go all out and do like dives over this, dives over that, kicks this, kicks that. And expect people not to get just exhausted of seeing the same thing throughout the entire night. The matches were great. For the most part, it was just, you wore out your fans after two or three matches. And I was, I was like, okay, we have three more hours of this? Oh my God. And they're going to do four-hour pay-per-views every time like this? Jesus.
0: And Tony Khan later on would stand by it, saying that's the perfect way to do it with the perfect number of shows and the perfect number of matches and the perfect number of hours. It's like... I kind of get it on a quarterly basis in its, in its way, but not when they're doing two weekly shows plus two more YouTube shows, like, it, it just doesn't kind of, doesn't I, click.
2: I just realized also, no, there was one match that I didn't like going in and I hated it even more when it happened. How do you have a street fight tag team <laughs> match where everyone stands on the ring side to tag in and then everyone starts brawling five minutes later? Like, what the hell? a street fight fight they should have ran at each other there shouldn't have been even a tag at all in that match
0: i think the irony on that one too is that's the one that really should have had the insanity because that was an absolute blow off to stuff and was designed to be a 10-man cluster and was almost more tame than some of the other ones which were just matches like it was undercut by everything that came before it but Those matches weren't trying to undercut it, but it's the classic adage of, okay, follow this. And they were all doing that to a point where you just simply couldn't anymore. Even if you tried your best and did your best, it just doesn't work. I think I compared it to AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura during their WWE title run matches, uh, that series they had, which were good matches, but just poorly placed on the card with an audience that didn't want that match at that time. If they opened with it, it might have been better. Uh, I find that was a, an issue at times. Red, what were your overall feelings on the, the event? Because I know you were kind of feeling the same thing we all were, where it's like, man, they're just going almost too hard, right? Well, I'll go back to the last podcast.
3: AEW fucked this up. Like, you guys had a fucking car that was amazing. Like, I didn't know most of the people, but based on the matches I saw, was great. It was really the pacing. It was, like, uh, what was the first match? Was it MJF and Darby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking 20 minutes of back and forth. I mean, we had a good two-minute session of just reverses and moving. Reverses is constant with neither one taking a pause. And it's like, this is your future. This is great. You start off the show with a bang. And then from there on out, it was like another bang. And then another bang. And then, like, halfway through the show, it's like, oh, God, we still have three hours. And it just... You're right, it needs producers. Now, I will say this, they missed out on a golden opportunity to get the crowd back into it. Uh, I think it was like three-quarters of the way into the show was Punk and Kingston, and Kingston just nailed an elbow out of nowhere. If he would have pinned him right then and there and had like a four-second match, the whole crowd would have been popping. Like Everyone would have been lifted up and like not cheering, but excitement, something to talk about. And I just felt like, the whole show dragged, and by the time we got to uh, Adam Page, yay was all I could say, but
0: whatever. See, I, I'll I'll argue a bit on that. I agree they should have put, called an audible and just had Kingston pin him. I agree with that, because like, that moment, it would have worked, because everyone would have bought into it. Uh, but that match, like, Punk can read a room. He had them in the palm of his hand. He brought them back. With his heelish turn with the Cena stuff. He he absolutely had them back. I don't know why you said that they were dead for that. They were not dead for that. No, 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 no. I meant they were dead going
3: up to it. Like, by that time in the night, everyone was over it. And I'm saying, like, that quick shot would have brought everybody back. Now, I'm not saying the match overall didn't. But I'm saying that one spot, had they finished the match right in the there, it would have been done. Like, at a snap versus having to do a match...
0: Which I'm not well, no, complaining they, about the match, but they did come back. They were like, "Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna win right now!" Like they it did bring them back. It exactly what you said happened happened, but they just didn't end the match there. That's all. Yeah, that's that's how it felt to me anyway. Uh, I know, Bearme, you were talking like you love that match. W- am I misreading this or no? Not at all. I. I really didn't I, I like you said though they should have
4: done the audible and just had Kingston pin him there because we were all like oh my god he just he had him knocked out and the ref would not ring the bell for some reason so I'm like all right and he could have easily pinned him and it would have been amazing but I really like that that was probably my match of the night actually Punk and Kingston I thought it was really good
0: I think mine's probably MJF and Darby because um, that match yeah, legitimately felt true. like that that if that main did for the world championship Nobody would have had any issue with it like that was a main event world title level match and When we got there, I do think it was probably one of Omega's better ones I said his match with Christian was good because Christian will get him there Uh, And the same with Paige like they they were just on board with it and they work well together I think that's the benefit. They actually do have good chemistry for a match and it worked out really really well Uh, The one thing that kind of got me though Was the ending of that and the whole thing with the Bucks not interfering when they clearly could have and saying, no, no, you you do it. It's time. And that to me still kind of was like it didn't ring true because it showed that Hangman didn't really, really get it because the Bucks could have stopped but didn't. So he didn't have it kept. It was a weird feeling. I know what they're going for, and it it did work, but to me, it's just like they shouldn't have been there in the first place if they weren't going to do anything. Like, even just on the ramp watching, or even in the back something where you see them, yes, it's your time, could have been it. But when they're within arm's reach, not doing anything, it's like, why are you... You're making more about you not interfering than him getting it. I just, it it rang a little weird to me, but... CT, what were your, your overall thoughts on this?
1: You know, it's a little unfair considering that night was also Battle in the Valley, which is the show I paid much more attention to. I thought it was fine. You know, I I think AEW, definitely not like their worst pay-per-view in the world. There was quite a few good matches, good moments. I mean, the page title when like that moment you mentioned with the Bucks, like that is, in my opinion, really solid storytelling. Will they do anything with it? Probably not. Um, But like there are moments like that that I overall enjoy. I thought the pay-per-view was like fine. Would I personally, like, choose to spend $50, like, in hindsight? Do I think it was probably worth that? No. But I also, like, it didn't, like, ruin my night or it wasn't, like, oh, this pay-per-view is horrendous. It was pretty passable, which I feel like at its best, I feel like that's what AEW is to me overall. Like, in its best moments, it's passable. It's fine. I wouldn't watch it if it wasn't for having, you know, a group of people to watch it with who I like talking to. Um, But... No, it wasn't the worst way to spend an evening as a pre-show, of course, to New Japan.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, Best Friends and Orange Cassidy are part of Chaos oh, stop. now.
1: Oh, stop. <laughs>
0: and then they brought Tomohiro Ishii over to Dynamite and he came out to their theme song instead of Stone Pitbull. You know, the new NEVERweight Open champion from Battle in the Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, Okada didn't show up. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, surprise. Yeah, who knew?
1: <laughs> who could have guessed?
0: We did! <laughs> we knew all along. We'll we'll come over to that stuff shortly um, when I ask TT inevitably what's going on in New Japan, because I'm going to in a bit. But first, uh, the one thing that I kind of said before was what kind of surprises would AEW have? Because no one will ever top Delivering Punk and Bryan and Cole. Like, I don't care. Even if they brought out Hulk Hogan, it wouldn't be as big as that, because tainted or whatever it just whatever like it, it just that was it I'm not crapping on Jay Lethal in comparison but they made a big deal about him they brought him out as a major acquisition he immediately challenged uh, challenged Sammy Guevara for the tv title on Dynamite they did the same thing they did with Bobby Fish when he came in and went after Guevara like it's Good on Jay Lethal. He's one of the guys I figured that would be able to go elsewhere because he has before, but I figured he was diehard loyal with ROH forever, but he wasn't at the last tapings and won't be at Final Battle. He's AEW now. He is All Elite. So That was surprising, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Add to the roster, right, GMSG? How many do they have now?
2: Uh, Around 130, I think. Did he actually wrestle? Oh wow, he did.
0: Yeah, he, fa- he faced Guevara.
2: I didn't on... even hear or see anything about that on Twitter. Yeah, wow. he fa- faced, him on,
0: faced him on Dynamite. Uh, the Guevara retained, and then Inner Circle raised his hand, and it's like, yeah, look, this was good, and that's how the show ended. And now we're coming up on Dynamite for follow up, or something happened on Rampage. I truly don't know. I think they taped it, but I, I, I do not know. But...
1: We're the worst people talk about AEW in the world. Like, yeah, maybe they did something. We don't know. We didn't watch it. It's I. I mean, to be fair, I do follow it on Twitter. Like, I
0: remember like scrolling through Twitter Friday night afterwards because I was out, but nothing standing out. So I don't presume they did anything. Mm.
3: Here's my issue AEW. If you guys tried being yourself instead of trying to beat everybody, I'd think they'd be a better company because it feels like all they do is ideas to try to one-up wb and i know it's not legit but it's how it comes off as it's like look what we can do with your talent that you let go like we can do great things with them but the problem is they're going to dig themselves so far down by trying to one-up everything that they're going to taint what they actually stood for when they wanted to start this in the first process
0: it is something i know gmsg talked about that a lot too when we started seeing these changes the past year or so where the whole methodology was, we're gonna stand out and be ourselves. The whole like from what was Cody said, from undesirable to undeniable. Like that. That was their mantra. That was their motto, and it worked. It got that us versus them. It's I'm gonna follow the things I like doing the way I like AEW. It's Cody. It's the Bucks. It's the people who are bucking the trend quite literally. And then you know you're not gonna pass up on acquisitions with people like a John Moxley or a Brody Lee or a Miro. I get it. And then you can't say no to things like a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan. I get it. But there comes to be a level where it's like, hey, we can actually compete. Can you? Well, they think they can. "Mm, Okay. And that became their focus instead. And... This is my TED talk about AEW and them having a bad business model, I guess. I don't know. But it's... It's interesting, GMST, because I know, like I said, you've seen that literally evaporate, that old version of it, to what Red said, where it's just, we're better, we're better in the demo, thank you for joining us, please watch our episode tonight. Like, that's, that's Tony Khan saying that weekly, through the show, during the show, after the show, like, that's, that's weird.
2: Yeah, half the indie stars that were like their main roster and all the advertisement before the first Dynamite, they're just stark. They don't do anything else. Joe Janela was supposed to be their hardcore king and it's Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen, and somehow Omega.
1: I mean, let's give AEW credit where credit is due. And, you know, weird I'm the one saying this out of everyone here, but like fake it till you make it, they are getting good views. Like we've seen WWE have competition before from like impact and such. And like, no one has reached the highs of AEW. Mm. They do have a niche. They do have good audiences. Like they shoot themselves in the foot by being like, we're going to beat SmackDown this week, and then they don't. But it's like, no, they are doing good numbers-wise. They have a fan base. It's a loud, active fan base. Um, I just wish they would commit to like just being their own thing. I agree. I think they're just shooting themselves in the foot long-term by defining themselves, by being the ones competing with WWE um but like you know good on them like i mean they're making money they're doing good like for what they are for being a wrestling company facing them uh facing the big company we haven't really seen one get to the scale for a long time so like i do think it's worth giving aw credit do i think they're good at all no i don't watch them but like you know what the, the results are not like disastrous by any means
0: and i i said that previously too where they're absolutely successful at what they're doing in their version of things. But to try to say, we're going to be bigger than this. Okay, well, I mean, that's a goal, but you're not there yet. And you're trying to compete directly, like I said, with the SmackDown thing and whatnot. There's no shame in being a far, far and away silver. Like, Jimmy C I got to say the line. They can be our favorite number two. There's nothing wrong with that. Because they can be the number one underneath the global juggernaut that no one can outdo. Like, I've, I've said before that technically New Japan in the 90s and early 2000s, I believe, was actually a bigger company worldwide than WWE was. That's two sides of the planet. They weren't even competing in the same markets. They were just wrestling in two different areas. This is the first to really make a run since the Monday Night War, etc. Blah, blah, blah. That, you know, failed impact time. So... Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing well with what they're doing. They're it's successful for them. Keep it up. Own it. Be great at it, and be thankful for it. Be that one that's more friendly. Like Tony Khan. Do I I I crap on him doing those tweets, but hey, he's doing it. Vince isn't. It's kind of neat. You know what? If that's that works for you, if that's your audience, that's great. If anybody wants to see an amazing interview, Ariel Hawani interviewed Paul Heyman, and asked him about AEW. And Heyman said, well, what, what do I care? What, they shouldn't care what I think. I'm not their audience. And even if I like it or don't, they shouldn't care because I'm not their audience. They should listen to their audience and try to build that, try to get more. It's it's some good stuff. And also promo hints as well for guys in our league, Frontline League. Go check that out. But it it, it works. Like, I mean, Barry Me bought a ticket. We've bought pay-per-views. <laughs> it works. They, they are doing what they're doing well. They to just own that and slowly build it. It is a shame to see the talent, like GMSG said, where you get your private parties, your Peter Avalon's, and these guys before who are just Joey Janellas and Sunny Kisses and not quite there, when you can quite literally have a tag team damn near 30 and 0 in the gun club suddenly getting more over because Danhausen called them Billy Ass and the Ass Boys, and you're getting chance on TV and they're getting more notice out of AEW for it. Like, the Indies are still doing some stuff better for them than themselves. It's, it's kind of sad to see that level of talent, but, I mean, we were saying this f- six months ago, GMSG, about their roster before they've added people to it. Like, it's, it's only going to get worse if they bring in Keith Lee or if they bring in, I'll, I'll jump to it, Hit Row, Morrison, Maverick, Thorne. If they bring these
1: people in, that's even less for some of these guys. Like, it's, it's sad. Well, it's because they just need the moment. Like, they're obsessed with the moment, and they are not, like, competent enough in the writer's room to create a moment often that's not a debut. That's just, like, their tried-and-true thing to get people talking. It's just, like, they continually just make themselves look bad. There's With competition, let's assume WWE is really dying, which they're not. There's two ways you can do it. Either you can do what AEW is doing, point at them and laugh, despite being lower than them in numbers and everything, and then you yourself look bad while WWE looks better for that they look good or you can just do the best product product you can if they're truly in trouble eventually they will sink and they will close their doors and then, hey you're number one automatically between the competition like that's the two lanes you can take historically we've seen you know people take both lanes but just like aw tweets out well we're going to beat them and then lose and then it's like well you look bad just celebrate what you're accomplishing just don't like point out your goals that you're never going to achieve it really it just doesn't make sense
0: Uh, it's 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 funny to see people talk about it like online yes in our discord on twitter just general reactions to things and that mentality of just like i like AEW, wwe sucks it should go away it should die I, i don't get why people would think that because shouldn't you want that to also be good then you have two things you like you know impact oh they're nothing i don't bother with them yeah but what if they were something you bothered with that's three things you could like like shouldn't should there be more positivity in this stuff instead of just, oh it sucks, it's bad, I hate it, it should go away forever. Just, just find something you like, or move on. <laughs> like, that's that's an obvious one too, but I mean, here here I am, literally someone complaining on the internet about that. I get it. But I'm trying to put constructive criticism into it as well, and it's part of our bi weekly podcast where we talk about the stuff we like or don't like. Right, CT? <laughs> We don't just say it's bad; we say why it's bad. You know,
1: there's there's a difference.
0: (laughs) All right. Speaking of more bad stuff, um, there was rumor, and I don't know much beyond this, so it's interesting to see. But it did have me thinking related to the releases, so that's where I'm going with this. But up, up, down, down. There hasn't been much, and I know a big part of it was Adam Cole left because he had to. But there's been apparently a rumor about a hiatus as part of the production staff were holding back due to WWE allegedly taking advantage of Woods, because he really gets nothing out of it. They own the channel, and it's all him doing all the work on the, f- the face of it. Now, I have no idea about this. I haven't seen anything since a week about it. Uh, but there hasn't been content, for one, so that's it. Also, they're stupid busy. Xavier Woods is King of the Rings, so that's a whole thing, too. But he's also a host on G4. And I see him doing that, and I see him on all these different things. And I think about all the releases, and I realize that he really could do all this and not need wrestling which is part of what his goal of doing this was to be fair and i think about all the people getting the releases and stuff and how reliant they are in wrestling and i get it it's your job but it is wild to see people like that take the the initiative and try to branch out and do other things so they're not reliant on something that is as many have said right or wrong can be taken away immediately Hit Row was called up, signed new contracts, they're gone three weeks later. That isn't the case if they don't care, plans change. Does it suck? Yeah. But that can happen. If they have actual recording and record deals and stuff like that, if that's legit, I truly don't know, but I'm just saying that. They still have that. That's good. That That's what they can go with. If they released Woods, he can make his own channel immediately. He's on Twitch, he's on G4, he's good to go. So it it, it all reminds me of... um. Demetrius Johnson, flyweight in UFC. Bear me, you know him. He's the greatest to ever do it at that weight class. 125 pounds. He started a Twitch channel because he knew that his fighting days were eventually going to come out, be over, within 5-10 years. And wanted something to fall back on. Let's build it now. That's the mentality. Multiple revenue streams. That's most of what people on YouTube do. They don't get paid by YouTube. Some do. They also have merch and other avenues. So it sucks seeing Hit Row released. And John Morrison released, and Drake Maverick, and Shane Thorne, and uh, I forget his first name now. Jackson Riker. And I know I'm forgetting another one. I forgot about BFAB last time, but it's okay because she's part of Hit Row, and I'm including her now. It's, they're going to land on their feet. There's plenty of places for these people. It sucks being the holidays. I get it. But, James uh, G, I'll come to you first on this because I know you mention this a lot. 90 days means they're not not getting paid, right?
2: Yeah, they get their salary for those 90 days. So while they're at home getting paid by WWE, technically, they get to set up merch, set up all these things, set up all their bookings with all these different companies, promote themselves, recreate themselves, do vignettes, do promos without even being on a show so they can build themselves up.
0: Drake Maverick had his ready, his... um version of the crying that got him rehired he had a new like short film for that i believe he was working with jeremy borash back on the hardy compound stuff back in the day so no real surprise there that he's doing that he'll be an asset to anybody in their media department on top of things but it's yeah like the ring of Honor is they're they're letting people out like lethal's done his was end of the year and he's out um apparently gresham is still staying with ring of honor he's loyal for life so we'll see if he wins the world title But with these guys, it's... They're they're not...
1: Like, I I get it.
0: When people say, why care about these characters when they're just going to be released in three weeks. Right? Like, I I understand that. Because that happened. That's Hit Row. Or it, like... They drafted Tegan Knox to Raw and she never even got to show up. And Keith Lee came in with this whole rebranding and was gone almost immediately. I, I get part of that. But that's still three examples out of, like, a roster of what was 300. And... It's it's the exemption to the rule. Like, to say, like, that's the norm. It legitimately, literally isn't. And... Like, yeah, is the idea of being called up, is it a crapshoot? Yeah. Do they hire young or old? Well, you've got literally Damien Priest and Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura and... oh older talent going there because they feel they can do it and AJ Styles and it, the thing I'm just gonna go with, with this part then I'll turn it over to somebody else please please jump in but people were watching Kevin Owens at Survivor Series and he walked out of the match and got eliminated and everyone goes oh my god I can't wait he walked out he's going to AEW and I'm sitting there going that's a storyline are you stupid do you think he actually legitimately walked out on the match against the script and is like what I don't What? He's probably happy there. He knows what he's doing. He could do it. Or he goes to AEW and is yet another one over there like Cole and the Bucks and all them. I, I don't know. But with people staying or going or whatever it is, they're still doing vignettes for Zia Lee. Like, she's still getting the promos. Could they release her next week? Could there be a tweet I don't know about right now saying she's gone? Absolutely. I joked about Morrison. He got released since last podcast. But... That's just the nature of it, and I don't know what else to really say about that. That's just... that's It's out of your control, in some cases, and you need to do everything you can to make it be in your control. And I mean, I'm not going to advocate people on how to keep their job at WWE. Clearly, I don't know. I'm not there, but it's just... it's To give up on it is weird. Like To see people literally saying they don't want to watch WWE because they're not caring about the characters, I kind of get that, but also we just had a pay-per-view with a hundred people on the roster and they care about them. So like they're, they're still doing it. I, I don't know. Bear me, Do you want to jump in on that?
4: Yeah. The, uh, the releases, uh, part of it. It sucks. I mean, I was really invested into hit row and then they're all just gone, but that's business. It's, it's what businesses do. You know, it's one of those things. And, the whole being invested in characters, it's like, okay, well, you don't want to watch WWE because and get invested in them because they could be gone in like three weeks. All right. Are you still gonna support them when they go to another company? Or are you just done? You know what I mean? Like, I'll follow Hit Row wherever they go because I really like Hit Row. So I I just don't wrestling fans are fickle. Daniel Bryan said it best. They they really are. You can't please them all. And yeah kind of
3: all i gotta say about that the releases are part of the business I, i'm tired of everyone complaining that oh my god they got released blah 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 you know how I many people in aw have probably been released but don't call it a release because they just don't like give them any matches because it's starting to feel like oh if WWE does it it's bad but if anybody else does it okay i mean it sucks i mean we had the whole roh battle two podcasts this last podcast It's going to be a thing, especially because I'm liking what WWE's doing. They're taking what people have bitched about for years of, why are you paying people to be back in catering? Why are you paying So now they're letting them go so they don't pay them. And it's like, well, why are you letting them go? It's like, we have our set staff of people we have on screen right now that are doing well. Why do we need to have people backstage not doing what they want? Like, not all these releases are just being like, oh, we don't want you. Some are being asked to be released. There's a rumor that Top Dollar was a problem from the get-go. And even though Vince was high on them, if there's a problem backstage and they don't want to deal with it, you're new. Bye. These are people they're investing in. It isn't so much that they're hiring them. They're investing in these because all they want is profit out of these names. If you're going to put somebody out there that doesn't give you any profit, why are you investing in it? So I'm tired of everyone complaining about there being releases. It sucks for the human involved.
1: But as a business standpoint, it makes sense. And that isn't a bad thing. Like, and it, it's, confu- it's complex talk about this. And I'm really done talking about this after a year straight of talking about this. But, like, there's two angles to this. You, I, we, you can defend it from a business standpoint. That doesn't mean, like, you think that they should do it. Yes, it sucks that people are losing their jobs. Yes, like... I I don't think WWE is a good company I don't watch them regularly I think it's not a good like booking I don't think they book well I don't think they build well I don't think it's particularly ran well on screen at least behind the scenes they're doing record profits so they must be doing something right Um, but like it is a business and ultimately like I get that a lot of people just don't view wrestling as a business for some reason but you, you put it perfectly they're investing in these people. There's been a lot of reports on stuff backstage, been reports of how the crowd is treating these people. And we forget there's now a live crowd. We can see their reactions. They're on like dark matches and stuff. Uh, You have a writer's room. They watch what social media says. So there's just so many factors to it. And for people to be like, oh my God, I cannot believe. Also, like most of these people do not affect the on-screen like, just person at all of any of these shows. You don't see half these people on screen most of the time. So I don't know why that hurts the product at all. But it's just like, I don't know, I'm really I don't get it. We saw someone in Discord post like, oh, they released 100 people or 50% of the roster or whatever. And then there was like, oh, there's still 200 left. And it's like, well, Jesus, you know, that's plenty for a roster. Um, I just I'm so done with this conversation. It's the same thing every time. It sucks. There's always one or two names where like, oh, that's a missed opportunity. Hit Row was a missed opportunity from our perspective. Um, and there's some choices that still baffle me, but like that doesn't mean it's like horrible from a business p- perspective. It doesn't mean that they're claiming to be broke or in the red, which a lot of people for some reason thinks budge- think budget cuts mean that they're in the red. They're not claiming that. They're not saying that. It's just like illogical. You're just to engage in this conversation feels like you have to engage with just illogical people. And it's like, well, what's the point?
0: I mean, I've been trying to explain that part of it for a while. Um, I've seen tweets saying that it was it was being funny and silly. So there may have been pure sarcasm. So I'll I'll freely admit that. But someone said, I hope and pray that WWE can recover from their financial difficulties. And I get that because they're, you know, budget cuts. They had to cut the budget. Again, that's the talent budget. That's the specific allocations there for that part. They have record profits. Well, how can they cut the budget? I'll tell you what. If you're spending less somewhere, you're going to make more elsewhere because you don't have to spend as much. That's how you get a record profit. It's Is that, like you said, C. D. is that ethical or right or whatever? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, it's business. Does it suck for the people? Yeah. Not the ones making the money but it, after seeing it for a year straight of all these things and like talking about investing in character and like Hit Row, Hit Row was legitimately being discussed before the draft even putting them on SmackDown as being on par and in battles potentially with the New Day, the greatest team they've ever had per their own admission of their own roster and rankings and everything, and the Bloodline, the hottest act going with the SmackDown and Universal Champions. And then hit row. And then they got drafted and like, oh, this might be a reality. And then they got released. So it's they're absolutely investing in these and things happen. The other thing I noted was the whole Mei Ying character with that Tian Sha stuff in NXT. Apparently been dropped. And the person who was portraying it, Karen Q, is now Wendy Chu and has already been in matches. So Like, they're changing things up. They knew that they they invested in that. Everybody remembers the gimmicks and everything that happened with Mercedes Martinez back in the summer. I say everyone remembers it. I remember it. But it was a whole thing with this whole mysticism and everything. It was really interesting and different. And, okay, where is this going? Nobody knew. It's gone. But they didn't cut her. Because they saw something in her. They've rebranded her. And now she's Wendy Chu. And they have to trademark that name. They have to do different stuff with that. There's going to be new gear, new graphics, new everything. A lot of work involved to change that over. They could have just went, nah, cutter, But no, they saw something. In there. That's, but you know, they don't care about anybody. Because they're, they're, uh, it's, yeah. The flip side with that is a lot of these people are better off for it in some ways. And it, I know that's a bit of a loaded statement, but I know we, I think unanimously think that Miro is way better now than he was. Missed opportunity WWE? Sure. But he's killing it in AEW. Bit of a misstep at first, but he's doing great. And my comparison now is Jonah. Jonah Rock, but he's simply going by Jonah. Bronson Reed is awesome because he came into New Japan and he came over to Impact. Bloody Josh Alexander. He's made a name already. And... He's spinning it off of what happened when he got released. Like, he's he's not resting. He's doing what he's got to do. This is a good way to tie it in, I guess. But, uh, hey, CT, what happened in New Japan with Jonah?
1: Well, a lot happened with both Jonah and Noah uh, this week. Uh, Battle in the Valley happened. Good show. You watched it, Scott. I believe some others. GMS Gianna, was there for some of it. Was good. Not quite as good as their uh, previous one this summer. But, like, Okada Murphy was fun. Ishi won the title. Um It was good. I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that the first one was a big one. Now we're kind of getting into the groove of what these American pay-per-views will be. And it was good. Uh, No announcement about the next one, which I thought was weird, but whatever. Uh, But in that show, we got Joan obviously debuting. The biggest moment. Um, Quite fun. And that carrying over to Impact. I think you want to talk about relationships in the Forbidden Door. There was no AEW stars on this entire show. There was a bunch of Impact stars and there was an angle that transferred over to Impact and a very big portion of Impact right now. And a big player, it seems, as he's going after Moose. So that is, you know, a big story. So that's clearly a good relationship. Um, we also got Wrestle Kingdom news. Uh, we got Osprey confirmed to be facing the winner of Shingo and Okada. And then on the very strange night three of Wrestle Kingdom, like a week later, we confirmed that it's going to be New Japan versus Noah, which is pretty big. Um, I'm not too familiar with Noah. I don't watch their stuff currently, um, but I know this is a comp- two companies with a lot of history, a lot of bad blood. Kind of imagine, let's say, an AEW and WWE uh, doing a dual branded pay per view. Maybe not perfectly comparisons, you know. I'll fully admit, um, but it's a big deal. These are the two top companies in Japanese wrestling, uh, doing a big show, a Wrestle Kingdom show on pay per view worldwide great for noah i think obviously Noah is like the AEW here the smaller one but still get has some good eyes on it um and it should be pretty good everyone seems really excited for it uh i i'm more intrigued than excited just because i don't know who half the people are but it, it's, it's exciting stuff i mean a lot of people thought new japan was you know counted out done you know this small company no one cares about and then all of a sudden we got a whole lot of relevance very quickly um and it's just it's exciting to see as a fan i'm excited that other other people are excited for New Japan right now. Um, so I'm not just completely alone at 2.30 a.m. watching the shows, you know.
0: <laughs> for anybody who does want to watch along, it is usually on our Discord. You can come along. You can follow the links. Go go check us out there. Um, but the thing with All Japan and New Japan and NOAH because for, for those who aren't aware, like the history of this is interesting because All Japan and New Japan both were formed in 1972. Next year's 50 years. That's a that's kind of the key here uh noah was an offshoot around 99 2000 and that was because of some bad blood from people who left all japan as i remember it and they've had crossovers like if you go through the january 4th tokyo dome you'll see the UltraPan japan triple crown that's their world title and you'll see the noah global honored crown that's their world title they're both on there along with you know the impact title and the nwa title it, it's weird ring of honor everyone's been at wrestle kingdom So there was a lot of bad blood, though, like you said, like things really got bad. And this seemed like an impossibility. So the fact that it's happening and apparently has been confirmed to have been in the plans since they announced day three for Wrestle Kingdom is pretty cool. It's it's pretty wild. I did want to ask you specifically what your familiarity with Noah was. And you already said you're not really familiar at all, right?
1: No, not really. I mean, I know a little bit here and there, but really not that much at all.
0: It is, it is a number two, a number three, like, arguably they've overtaken all Japan from some estimates because they've really faltered, but it's funny to see the different people talk about it on their show, because this from the little, the brief stuff I saw, uh, the great Muda, Keiji Muto, was refusing to speak ill of New Japan, and if anybody knows Muda's history, you'll know why he's a major part of New Japan. He's actually the only one to win all three of those world titles, I believe. And the NWA, but I digress. Uh, but then Okada is like... Well, I mean, Olympians don't care what's going on in the local rec center, so why would I care about what's going on over there? It's like, oh, what? Oh, come on! <laughs> you gotta build matches, right? So, it's... Like you said, the main part of Wrestle Kingdom is gonna be those main events, obviously, with Takagi and Osprey and um, Okada. But then, then a week later... It's the co-promoted Noah show. I don't I don't know what to make of that. That's going to be wild.
1: Well, you know what's interesting? Is they also said this is show number one of a lot of, they said, special shows coming this year for the 50th anniversary. Um, they've already announced like some shows will take on classic names, and they're trying to make this year special. But like, it is kind of interesting. This is the starting point. What are we going to see from them this year? Because like, I assume we're going to get the Madison Square Garden show that got delayed due to COVID. Mm. I assume that will be one of them. But like, other than that, the possibilities are quite quite interesting. Of like, what else can they give us? I'm 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 interested. You know, we will see. I gotta think all Japan will be
0: involved in that. Just from that history I mentioned, like it, it makes sense. But yeah. they're not at Wrestle Kingdom, so I don't know. But just imagine that. Like WWE started, I think the the year people put is 1963. So can you imagine 2023? All right, anniversary of American wrestling. All companies here we go. WrestleMania night three is going to be every like yep. Ring of Honor and AEW all combine this doesn't happen here. It's just, it's just the mentality of what happened in basically 1972 after the death of Ricky Dozan. If you want some wrestling history? Go check that stuff out. He got murdered by the Yakuza. It's weird, but you laugh, but yeah, that's yep. No, I mean, it happened. Yep. It, and they, they came together after world war two and you know, things happened. And then 72, it was Baba and Anoki. So it's a different history over there. It's different, different everything. So to see potentially the, the restrictions on travel are up as well so we could be back to having american names on this wrestle kingdom too right
1: i thought they were there was a genuine like thought in my mind of like are they gonna do moose and josh alexander because a lot of people thought they were gonna do an angle at battle in the valley between them didn't happen jonah happened instead but i was like because we got roh title matches yearly when their uh like collaboration was very big Mm -hmm. and like running i was like damn are we gonna get an impact world title match doesn't look like we are but i mean it's it's possible the good brothers look like they were going to go over for a hot second i hope that does not happen (laughs) but there is there is the chance we get some u.s names does this all this stuff
0: that ct and i just geeked out over interest you at all red in new japan noah japanese wrestling
3: i mean new japan i want to get into but for fuck's sakes do it at a different time it's japan time like Well, no, do it at
0: my time, damn it. (laughs) When they come to America, they do at 11 p.m. in California. But you know what? I'll say it. No, CT, you mentioned they did mention they are traveling a bit now. They're going to be going to what? Seattle? Still West Coast. But I think they mentioned some more East Coast dates as well. Tampa.
1: Yeah, that's Eastern. Tampa. They're doing – oh, I forget the other names. I know they're doing Los Angeles. But they've done – so far they did West Coast, they did Texas, and they did Philadelphia. There we go. So they are really – like. it looks like they're really trying to travel – around the country which is good build up your name around the country i know there's some markets where like texas not a great turnout but keep going back there eventually you're going to build the fan base more Mm -hmm. um it's just you know AEW for example started with this large push a huge push a huge bunch of momentum new japan doesn't have that they're building it up as we speak and hopefully we see over the next years they build that up but um yeah they're going to tampa i forget where else they said but they gave a whole list of their first quarter events
0: i think la was in there actually like straight up as well but yeah
1: but in february i believe yeah but there
0: you go right there okay so okay we're getting back on a good time for you then how's that i mean yeah, they do weekly
1: know. shows at like 8 p.m your time so like I mean, you could be watching
3: <laughs> when i go in not knowing a lot like i mean it's nice to know some but not knowing a lot I typically go in with a, I guess a more open mind, and I enjoy the product more. Oh, I mean, I've I've grown up WWE, so WWE throwing it through whatever. I know what I'm watching. I know what I like. But when I like, what was it Bloodsport? I was going to say Bloodsport.
0: Yeah, I knew you. I yeah. had
3: no idea, like half the people. And I'm just like, n- as much as CT talks about New Japan, I have to imagine it's almost along the same lines. Not what it is, but going in with not knowing half these people and just watching the match. You enjoy the match. Like, I want to get into it. There's been times where I tried staying up, and I'm like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: oh, we're about to start. No, this is the four-hour kickoff. It starts another... All right, good night. It's like, I can't do it. I mean, oh. I'm, more or less, i go to bed early, and I'd wake up if I watch it.
0: Let's, let's convince him a bit more, CT. Red, you know what strong style is from Nakamura, right? CT, what's strong style actually? <laughs>
1: Just as like a concept, yeah. Just fucking people hitting each other. I mean, yeah. they just hit each other until they're like bruised, you know. It's a little do. more, a little more snug,
0: a little more legit in that sense. So,
1: you were yeah. saying though, you liked, um, you watched Suzuki and Alexander, and you said you were becoming a big fan of Suzuki. So I think things like that exposing it and really getting like you eyes on like these people will overall help, like I'm with glad, the wider scale.
3: I'm glad you brought up Suzuki because, unless there's something different to him. You may know. After the third match with him, it started getting stale. Now, I know it's three matches in different companies, so each company got to see the one match with him, whatever. But it feels like I watched three Suzuki matches, and all of them were the same. I mean, he's not
0: wrong. <laughs> it was still fun, I, mean, and t- I enjoyed it, but he's, he's kind of not wrong. <laughs> see, so you're talking oh about
1: Alexander. You're talking about Brian. What else are you talking about? Brian? Brian was good.
3: I uh, Was it Dean Mo- uh, John Moxley? I okay. You, well, I, you, you
0: almost said Dean Malenko. That's a weird pull. It wasn't. it? <laughs> I swore I almost heard <laughs> Dean Malenko. That would have been good, too. But anyway,
1: sorry. I was thinking, I was like, I don't think he faced Malenko. But okay, I missed that one. Um, To be fair, you are like, at least with Alexander and um Brian, those are two technical guys he's going against. So it's going to be somewhat similar. Um, but I mean, Suzuki, he is also getting older. Like, he's not necessarily in his prime, let's say. But I think just, like, getting people there just so you even recognize them overall will help with, like, selling you on future ones. But I, I would try to say, like, give him a chance against someone who wrestles a different style, and then it'll be more different, probably. He also, to be fair, like, wrestled, like, 20 matches in a month across America. So he probably wasn't giving everyone, you know, his full all.
0: Jimmy, so what about your take on the the Japanese stuff? Because you seem to be on board whenever we're watching it, and then we all get excited when Moose shows up, because it seems to always happen. But in general, though.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it. I hate to say this, but it's very similar to British Strong Style also. They're very similar hard-hitting technical. I think they're more athletic in Japan, but it, it's very similar and entertaining to me. Night fun watching the show.
0: I know that's... Uh, from reading different wrestlers books over the years they always talk about in Japan it's you can hear a pin drop but then you do an arm drag and they applaud it right they 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 they, up, they like the athleticism they appreciate it obviously it's a lot different now when there's been more americans and the god swearing at them regularly they, they'll react they they get it lance Archer comes at them they're not going to be quiet it, it's it's different but it is a different mentality of what the show is like and bear with me i know you're familiar with that from history as well but what's your overall kind of on it
4: I think I'm going to get a subscription to the New Japan world one of these days and start watching it because as much as CT talks about New Japan how good it is I've watched a few matches here and there and I like what I see so I'll, I'll
0: probably give it a shot and Wrestle Kingdom is going to be on that right Yep. I think even day three like eventually like is what the, the matches from Bound for Glory were there within two days I think you said CT
1: yeah, a week after... The 1 and 2 will be live, Night's 1 and 2, but then Night 3 will be a week after it um, airs on pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, because it's the different pay-per-view stream, I think it's the Noah one
1: for a I think it was called. Yeah.
0: But... Yeah, it's, New Japan World's probably the way to go for that. That's uh, some fun stuff, definitely. I need to still see Alexander one-on-one with Suzuki. I, I missed out on that. I want I want to see that bad. But, yeah, it's... That's... kind of spin that back around that is kind of what i was saying with jonah there and things like that it's there if people are saying wwe's bad why are you mad when they get released it's just, just weird right because why would you want them there it's i don't know but speaking of wwe let's finish this out with some stuff with survivor series which did happen last night as we reach close to the 50 minute mark on the podcast so we'll we'll kind of spin through this relatively quick but it is fresh in our minds from last night, which is much sooner than normal with us talking about a pay-per-view. And I don't even know, like, match of the night or anything from what was there, but I absolutely loved Becky and Charlotte. Just They did what I hoped they would with built, playing on the animosity and building it up and just going full tilt. Like, I've not seen a women's match quite like that before. It just felt great. It felt real, in a sense. Like, it had me suspending disbelief, even though I know they're they're professionals, fine. But, you yeah. <laughs> know makes you wonder. And that little seed of doubt is kind of the magic of wrestling, so... Overall, I think it was a lot of fun. The women's Survivor Series match was a shame how people were ignoring it and doing the wave during Baszler and Ripley, which was some great, fun stuff. Uh, Overall, it was super great. I thought that's a fun show overall. Is it show of the year? No. Is it worst of the year? No. I know some people are trying to claim that. People are pissed Rock didn't show up, even though he's never promised, but... Really, you hype that up enough, you'd at least have a video package, you'd think. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, I liked it overall, I thought. Um, The funniest thing, GMSD, I'll go to you first, was the SmackDown team getting along, right, for the men's? (laughs) We were like, this makes no sense, they should all hate each other, and yet they're kind of dancing to each other's music. This is cool, this is fun.
2: Yeah, that was great in everything, too. And then realizing that a team that was dysfunctional and already had one person already leave at the start of the match, was the one that won it. And that just, like, and it, it also just made things worse because there was a double count-out, in the, or there were three count-outs in that match. And then we had to count out later in the women's, one. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing?
0: Oh, and the DQ it, with Priest and Nakamura. is a lot of, like, you don't need to protect it, everybody. They're champions. It's fine.
2: Yeah, it was a good show, but there were definitely blunders throughout it. The bookends of the women's champions and the world champions were the best parts to me.
0: I'll stick with you there because Roman and Big E was just that was just pretty great. I loved Big E actually standing up to Roman in his face because they've got history, so he kind of gets it. But not with this Roman. Aside from the three way a little while back, but that that was awesome when Roman was getting ready for the spear and Big E's right there. Oh, just Roman's so good, but Big E, goddamn, like. Roman makes everybody better in a loss. <laughs> like they everybody
1: loses to him, but they always look better for it, I feel. And that continued again. It was pretty great. It was good. Um it was a good show. Definitely a lot of pacing issues, which I think overall hurt especially the later end of the show. I think like if I went back and watched some of those matches, it would be better even as an experience. Um but yeah, that Charlotte Becky match was everything. I mean, it was a great match, great brawl. Um you truly believe Whether or not it's real, there's some reality apparently in there somewhere that was largely the story um, that they hated each other. That they wanted to beat the hell out of each other, and they did. It was just a brutal brawl, and it was really good, really effective. Um, I I still miss the first year they did these um, brand supremacy at Survivor Series. I miss that it doesn't feel like a big deal. It doesn't feel like there's really any consequences of who wins, who loses, Um, It really should be a scrappy brawl. Everyone, you know, wanting to get that point for the team. It matters. It matters to the brand. Um, But the matches themselves were good, even if some lack some flair, you know, especially like the tag match, for example. You need a little bit more, I think, you know, point to why that match is happening to where it's not just some really talented people doing wrestling. It didn't feel like there was nothing. It didn't feel like there was anything deeper to it, um, to that pull, to have that fire, to have that, you know, oh, I care what happens. Um, But overall, the wrestling itself at least was good. And like I said, that women's match, I mean, match of the night, fantastic.
0: Bear me. We opened with a Charlotte match. It was CT's match of the night, probably mine as well. We didn't see you in Discord last night. We knew that Damian Priest got himself disqualified. Then we went to Charlotte. How was your night?
4: Um, uh, my night was all right. My night was all right. I actually had to watch Survivor Series this morning because I was out doing other stuff yesterday. But uh, to piggyback off of what CT and you have said, yes, the women's match was match of the night. Ever since Becky came back, she's been better than before she left. Like in ring wise, she hasn't missed a step at all. And Charlotte's been putting on really good matches as well. So I was really hyped. I was really hyped for this match because I'm really. I was really into the feud and all that because like like ct was saying there's a little well well, there's smoke there's fire you know did they do they hate each other probably not but but did they for a period of time maybe like but yeah that uh that match was really good i am disappointed that priest got himself dq'd like that that sucks roman versus biggie was great i liked how there wasn't any interference it was just straight one-on-one yeah, I, I even liked the tag match with uh, RK Bro and the Usos. We got that RKO out of nowhere. That was pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, overall, really good show. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly.
0: With Randy not only getting the record for um, most pay-per-view appearances, but I believe he's had a match by now on Raw tonight, so he's got that record too. I don't know if that's actually happened yet, but yeah, the, the longevity for him is kind of nuts when you think that he's been doing this since, what, 2003? Which, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't seem like He's winding down at all, either, which normally is what you'd be thinking about someone who's been there forever. Like he broke Kane's record. Well, Kane's long since retired, so that's this kind of a wild thing. Uh, Red, what was your thoughts on this? Because uh, I got to I got to mention the Battle Royal because we haven't talked about it and almost won that. Your favorite and mine Uh, was a funny moment of Otis, which is CT's favorite. So, <laughs> what were your thoughts on overall? But I got to end the Battle Royal at least. I uh, will start off by saying was, uh... Take it as you
3: will. I was a for majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, almost. I mean, I knew he was going to win. I'm glad... There's thing I'll put about him. And I know there was other big men in there, but almost does stand taller than all of them. He does stand out in the crowd of 25. Like, I mean, at the beginning, he was standing there, and AJ was on the ring post behind him, and it's like, you only saw almost with 24 other people sitting there with him. Like, they're doing the right thing. They're building on him. Am I a fan of him? No. I still think they're. that's all they're doing is he is a size person. Yeah. Take it as you will. But the overall show was... For, I don't understand how you can have one pay-per-view from a company with ten matches feel long, and then you have one with six matches feel long. Like, by the time we got... I mean, Biggie and Roman Reigns did great, but by the time I got to that match, I was done. Like, I struggled to sit there and even though it was a great match. I liked it. Uh, they built Yee up. I still think he should have gotten the win, but they bu- uh, built him up big enough to where he feels like a threat to Roman. But it's like, I, I complained complain about John Cena the past. the five moves of doom. He just comes out of nowhere. Kind of what Roman did. Like, Roman took a lot of beating. All of a sudden, he's like, I'm supercharged, and I can beat everybody within the next two moves. It's like, it, it should have been more of like, he's crawling to get the pin on Biggie. They should have left it all on the line, and it didn't feel that way. It felt like Rome was going to look strong at the end of the night, and that's all that's going to matter. But overall, it, it was a good show. The The worst part about it was the fact that the Survivor Series matches felt like an afterthought on a Survivor Series pay-per-view. Like They threw the teams together on a random Saturday tweet session. Then they changed at least two teams. Did they change all four teams at some point? I think of- so. I think having the, people earn yeah. their shot or lose their shot, or mm-hmm. yeah, we don't know who you are. You're not on the team. Bye. Like, it, why? It, it felt like, oh crap, guys. Did you realize we had to do a Survivor Series match? Um, U five and U five go. The next meeting and Monday Night Raw. Crap, we really didn't mean to pick you. So we're gonna have you lose tonight, so that this person can be in. Like, it, it felt very. The, the I'm trying to think of the right word the effort put into the Survivor Series matches, not the match themselves, but the, I guess the build-up to them, there was, it was an afterthought. And for you to have a pay-per-view about a certain match and that be an afterthought is really telling. That's like saying, oh, the week before the Royal Rumble, oh, by the way, there's going to be 30 people this week battling for the title. They don't do that. And it felt like the, Super- the Survivor Series is now the new, oh, wait, we have to do something, and it's becoming the least of the four for me.
0: It is, I mean, you might not even be wrong with them going, oh, wait, wrong name, we got to fix that. For all we know, that could be it. But it is so much more about the champion versus champion matches now than just the Survivor Series. I think CTU started off saying the brand supremacy is not even a thing. They're not even doing a running tally or total anymore about who's got more wins. Like I truly don't know who had more wins, if that even matters, because, I mean, Roman won. But Seth's team won. Like they didn't, they weren't even counting that. So it's it's about brand Raw supremacy. Won. Raw won five to seven. FY or like oh, five yeah. out of seven. If well, like, like remember when Sammy Sammy was saying it's all about brand supremacy, and they SmackDown threw out SmackDown. Like ah,
1: you are right. Like it's i mean really go back to that one year the first i think it was mm, i want to say 2016 where like the big uh survivor series match had the world title champions in it a full hour long match they had every match felt like it mattered like that was the era of the brand split and where there was a lot of bad things (laughs) a pay-per-view every two weeks um some just like bad rosters um I just miss that. Like I think that if you're going to do a brand split, have it be that competition, that uh, that added competition, and then you have that one night of year where it really matters, and they're really building the best teams they have, and it feels like everything matters. That is when like I care, and I think that's when a show helps you really care, and it helps suck you in, and you forget about the time passing when nothing matters. It's fine watching really talented wrestlers wrestle, but when there's nothing at stake, that's when it starts to feel long. The Becky and Charlotte match had that added fire. It felt like it mattered. It felt like they cared. The rest of them, it just, due to booking largely, didn't have that. I just keep going back to that one year and I'm like, that was a great pay-per-view, a great main event. Since then, every year, it's just lesser and lesser.
0: I think a lot of it, too, is just by nature of who's the champion where. Like, D. the one year was what The Miz versus Baron Corbin Because they were the IC and US champions That would never have been a match they'd make Outright but it just happens to be those are the two Champs let's go that was neat I like that aspect of it but then They're also you know stuck doing that
2: Oh uh, yeah that like with Priest and Nakamura I, I wanted that match And it was great until the last Minute of it because that didn't make any sense But because again, like CM Punk, he was knocked out cold. Just not. Nakamura was out. Refs didn't call it for some dumb reason.
0: I mean, Books played the guitar, which is what you said. Yeah. Some dumb reason, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think. I know this isn't going to be the way to solve it all, but just don't have the draft be a month prior to brand supremacy. Just call me crazy, because. When you're used to seeing certain things a certain way, then you change it up, and you're not even certain who's where, and that's the battle for brand supremacy? That's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if it's a part of the draft, like, you might suggest it one MCT, but, Red, you agree with me on this, right? Yeah, that's why I was going to piggyback off CT was they ruined River Series
3: by having brand supremacy three weeks after everybody got put on Well, not everybody, but the new brands were basically set, and just like... Have to have loyalty to this brand after being here for two. Weeks. Uh, why? I'm here new. Like, I mean, for the ones that were there, that's fine. But it basically was Team Raw was all on Team SmackDown, and all of Team SmackDown was on Team Raw three weeks ago. It, it makes zero sense. Now I remember they used to have the draft like what was right after Mania, a little bit after Mania, maybe way a week or two. Mania, but get, they'd have it the fallout part out.
0: of the year. Yeah, they'd have the fallout, then they
3: would do it. Yeah, but it's like do it then. Now I get four or five months. I don't know how many, three, four or five months. And you have brand supremacy because you've seen these four people on this show representing them for the last three months. I want them to win because I want uh, just having them all switch places at the last second. And you're like, yeah, defend your, your stake in this brand that you might not be here next year anyway. So it doesn't make any sense or to do it anymore. Um, the whole Survivor Series is just turned into class of Champions with a little bonus. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is.
0: Considering that Lee still hasn't even debuted yet from the draft, right? There's, they had a promo package of her during Survivor Series. I she mean, like it's that that's how recent it is. <laughs> it's the Brand supremacy. She's still there, not even there yet. <laughs> I was really excited to see that Aaliyah
3: made it onto a team. Like it's like all right, cool, let's do this, and then they kick her off. Like you're not gonna have her show herself if you don't. Austin looked like a fucking stud last night with all the other guys on the team.
0: Austin Theory like he carried his own. was so great with his selfie game. We died laughing, GMSG, when he was trying to get a selfie with Bobby Lashley and like snuck it and was like scared or of him. Rollins fed in
3: too. He was opposed oh. with you. Like, he, he's he got a shtick right now that it'll work for a while. Yeah. i not saying he's gonna... Be, it, it's definitely... I mean, with the digital media, is he... Oh, it's perfect. Go or at me. least make
1: like a story out of it. If you're going to have it be like the draft right now, and I think it doesn't help that the general managers just handle both brands. I'd rather it just be one on one. But like at least have it be a point of like, no, I drafted you for this reason. Like it all could be solved. Maybe it is better. I'm not like denying that there's better ways to do it than doing the draft a couple weeks before Survivor series. But like at least then make it work with a story. I mean like again when I talk about AEW I'm not like being pro WWE I think they're shit at booking and this is just like one of the examples of it make compelling stories when you have that many hours of TV to make compelling stories and you don't you're being a failure in some way Um, it just I don't know I I, I agree with you but it it could be an issue they negate with good storytelling Mm -hmm. and they just do not tell good stories this company
0: well I think you suggested it if they were drafting with the idea of building a good team Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, I'm going to draft this person so you don't have it. That's how drafts work. That's... Ironically, the whole point of why WWE has hoarded a roster specifically in the past is to make sure nobody else has it. That's the whole point of paying athletes ridiculous exorbitant sums so you have them and they don't. That would make a lot of sense for a draft, but it doesn't make any sense when it's the same two general manager position people drafting both sides. Like, that also doesn't make any sense. That's... That is a bit weird about that, about trying to build both, but wh- why at that point? Like, it, it all becomes to that moot question of what's the point? Just we're doing it because it's Thanksgiving. I mean, American Thanksgiving, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, interesting thing to kind of ponder on and see what they do with it. Because, I mean, a couple of years ago, they were potentially canceling Survivor Series. They felt it was a washed up thing and they were going to do something else. But people were like, no, you got to keep it. And here we are. And they move Clash of Champions onto it, so... Or at least the, the, the champion versus champion aspect of it. But, but uh, I think we're, we're at our hour point, so we can wind things down at, at this point. Uh, there was a little bit of breaking news, not that we're a news podcast, because there's been probably a dozen videos about this already and tweets everywhere, but we, we do discuss some stuff, and it is Kenny Omega vacating the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, He apparently needs multiple surgeries. Is probably a poorly translated version of the tweet I got from Dorian Roldan from AAA. But uh, yeah, he is not cleared. He uh, cannot defend. He apparently has been injured for a while and wrestled injured in the Hangman match. Uh, To piggyback on that, the Bucks are also not cleared, they've said. Don't know the legitimacy of that, but they said they aren't cleared. And... That is something that I find interesting, that most of the elite went from kind of being everywhere, similar to an NWO status back in WCW, to suddenly, they're not there. Omega's going to be out and the Bucks can't wrestle. That's prime opportunity for all these others to step up and see what we can get, see what we can do. Omega, of course, did a promo saying the AAA took the belt off him, and he's just going to come back and win it again off of some new hero, which... Good promo. I I appreciate that. I like that saying that I'm going to just come back and do it all again. Even if he doesn't, that's the right thing to say. But uh, yeah, December 4th is Triple Mania Regia 2, where there's going to be a new champion declared. So, you know, the world title Odyssey of Omega, which was entirely 2021 with multiple belts when he won the AEW title at like the end of the year in December. Already had the Mega title, won the Impact title. Didn't even lose the Impact title in Impact. He lost to the Christian who brought it over and put over Alexander, and didn't even lose the AAA title. But I mean, we're talking injuries at this point, which gets me down that road of oh, they're wrestling injured. I thought that company was better than that. You know, Matt Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy's he's he's good, right? Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega wrestled injured for a while. I'm not even counting the Vertigo, but he apparently was injured and needing surgery yeah. for a while. Still put over Hangman. Like it's wrestlers, their heart. We don't think Brian wanted to wrestle with a bad neck. Like it's that's how these guys operate I, and they're letting them.
1: Yeah, you I mean, I think I actually now that you bring it up, I, can, I think both AEW and WWE are kind of showing like you need a middle ground who knows wrestling. I think WWE right now and we didn't even talk about like the board. They're made out of people who don't know wrestling. They're like from Six Flags and the Travel Channel and stuff. So you need someone who knows wrestling in that position and AEW I think it's just at this point ran mainly by the wrestlers and you can see maybe they don't have the best ideas when it comes to storytelling and organizing the cards. And is it actually good to do this? Cause I feel like most of the wrestlers there are like, oh, I'm just going to kill myself on this random dynamite for no reason. Um, so I think right now what re- American wrestling is showing is you need a good or bo- like a good group behind the scenes running everything uh, who knows wrestling. I think that's the thesis we're taking away from it spare me anything to add on that? No,
4: not really. CT said it perfectly.
1: I pretty much share his uh, same thoughts on
2: that. They're lucky no one else got hurt from injured wrestlers wrestling.
0: I know, Red, you were thinking about that, how Omega said he couldn't really use his one arm, so how can he lift someone up for, I don't know, a one-winged angel and whatnot? Oh, it's it's like, hey, we know you're injured, but before this guy troubles with his
3: life, so if you're going to pick a, you don't drop him. The bad Don't worry about. It, just do it safe. It's like there's two people in the ring. It's not. Oh, Omega might injure himself. Could do that, but he also has somebody's life in the, and and a lot of, in wrestling. It's been over the years. And for you to purposely out there that has an injury, it, it, it logically, everything is like. Hangman. Hey I'm. I don't know. I'm assuming they're good friends uh, and whatnot had to trust him with his life even though he knows he has a bad arm. there's there probably was no between them but what if didn't know and what if he did morning angel and now we have a parallel hangman page it's so unresponsible
1: it's all out there and do
0: that it's all let's remember
1: he also just went 30 minutes with daniel Bryan, who um definitely is not someone you want to be taking that many risks with Mm -hmm. and they took a very risk riskful match to be honest so Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah That's, that's not good.
0: And yeah, for those wondering, Red did not turn into a robot. There's just a little issue with the mic. All is good. I, if I can hear it, you're good. But it, we, we got most of it in there. Red's mic is, I think, dying as we speak. Uh, but apologies there for any, anyone confused by what Red was saying there. But it came through clear. I think you're good. I think you're good. But yeah, that last part, though, you mentioned Danielson CT. Um, I completely forgot about this. They're turning him heel. Because he's a heel against Hangman in his home hometown, uh, home state, and Dark Order, and not breaking holds and mad at the ref, and we've had we've had Danielson in AEW for a month or so, and probably the most over face they have outside of maybe those Adam Cole pops. I keep saying that every time, but they're more over than Punk, and they're turning him heel to face off with Hangman, presumably, and probably win the title. I don't know. At this point, I, I really can't say, but. I wouldn't be turning Brian Danielson heel. I-, I don't know about you, but that's crazy talk, right?
1: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Jim, would you turn Brian Danielson
0: heel if you just got him on a reinvigorated situation like this?
2: No, keep him face turn punk.
0: Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Bear me, you were there for those pops. Would you turn Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson heel pretty much within a month?
4: Hell no. <laughs> like Jimmy, she said, I'd rather turn CM Punk heel. And if we watch that Kingston Punk match, Kingston was getting the cheers and Punk was getting booze. So that's what they should do. But yeah. no, I would not turn Daniel Bryan heel at all.
0: No, it's it's weird. It's I mean, if Bryan wants to do it, neat. There should be someone going, yeah, not yet. Well, you're you're the yeah, most like over thing we have her. sorry we'll we'll get there like not yet though exactly exactly he just got there like
4: why it, the fans love him they're not gonna boo him right away it's
0: well even if he gave him if, if, if you put him, if him up against does, hangman in his man. home state and have him bitch him out yeah they're gonna boo him and they did yeah they successfully yeah, got yeah, him to true. boo Brian Danielson in Virginia yeah maybe I'm we should sure just blame right. Virginians Wait, no, wait, wait, it's wait, not wait, AEW's fault. Wait what? a minute. What? What? You better watch it over there. No, I know what I'm saying. You, when I got a, Virginians. I got a border. It's fine. I've,
1: I've never met a good Virginian. Uh, <laughs> anyways,
3: I'm a. I don't disagree. Omega left a huge door open for all these top heels, and <laughs> if Brian can become the top, why not? Like, yeah, it might be, it might be rushing it. It might have been. Hey, in another year, Brian going been fine. But now that Omega's out, there needs to be a top heel and can easily become that spot and
0: become... Let me introduce you to someone named Adam Cole, who is kind of the number two to Omega and Omega's out, so Cole can just go right up. Yeah, he's getting the cheers, but he's the heel.
2: Let me I... introduce you to MJF.
0: Oh, I, I know MJF. that name. Yeah. I know I know him.
2: Yeah. Or Miro, you know. But or I... Lance Urcher or But yeah, Cage no, I mean, or... Danielson will Eddie do well Hunter. with it. We
0: all know that. Eco-friendly Daniel Bryan was amazing. But I don't it just think you'd support No, not that gimmick, but a heel Brian Danielson, like the old ROH, kick your head in heel? Yeah, it'll work. Um, I, I just find it weird. It's, it is a big hole for someone to step into, but Daniel Bryan can be a face against anybody. And they turned him heel against Hangman. I'll give him all the credit in the universe. That's standing behind Hangman more than I thought they would. And I knew they would. But that's impressive. We're gonna we're gonna turn the biggest face of the past decade heel against our homegrown guy. Okay, no, that's yeah. I'm good job. Congrats! Wow, holy shit! But I never would have guessed it. Like I, I would have lost money on that, and uh, I still can't believe I'm seeing it. So
1: I I don't know if I'm gonna say good job. I think like you're leaving a lot of money on the table, but and it it is also just random build a story. I know they don't like that word in there, but you know, but like they're doing, I mean, when you get one of the most talented wrestlers in the world and one of the best promos in the world, like I'm not so, so much like shocked that they could do it. It's just like, I don't know if this is like how you should be doing it, but you know, just me.
0: I don't think they've used Daniel Bryan all that well from the get go. We both agree with that. He's pretty much been the opening act. When he's a legit main event, I just find it weird and backwards. Even though he gets the crowd hot, cool, neat, happy day, but I don't know. It just seems it will off. be great
1: to say heel. I'll say that does not get interference every match they're in. I will say that. Oh, if
0: he's a bad guy that doesn't need to cheat, I'm a, I'm a billion percent on board. I like that a lot. We haven't had. Oh God, you think AW Omega?
1: Forever. Omega might return as the face and take the title off him. I could totally, I could totally see that. That's next year's all out. Like, okay, yeah, there you go.
0: Mm-hmm. He's gonna Brian Danielson will win at Winter Is Coming. That was just announced. That's the December show because that's where Omega won it. He'll he'll dethrone Hangman. Hangman will have a two month reign, and then Danielson will carry it until Omega comes back as a face. The glorious return. Yep.
2: Damn, we're ending this show on a fucking bad. set <laughs> Oh
0: my god. Hey, don't worry. They're gonna try and turn MJF face against CM Punk. I don't know what's going on anymore at AEW. I don't Wait, think they they're doing do that either. It looked like it. Punk is going heel and he's confronting MJF and MJF was like I used to be a fan and Punk blew him off and left. (laughs) That's good. MJF is the most over is the most hated heel like there is. Yeah, let's turn him face against CM Punk. I hope they don't. I hope they just say heel and it's heel versus heel. Let's, you know, let let, let MJF be MJF. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun watching them kind of fumble though. I got to admit, it's painful, but (laughs) you never know what they're going to do. So there's that. They do
1: keep you on your toes. You watch their shows. I'll admit that fully. You don't know if someone's going to die. You don't know if someone is going to like, you don't know what's going to happen.
0: I thought you were saying you don't know who's going to show up. I didn't expect the die part, but you're right.
1: Well, that too. You never like every segment. Someone could die. Someone could um, injure themselves and like lose feeling in their arms. That's happened to multiple people. Someone could debut. Anything can happen. In the AEW.
0: <laughs> so with that, again, you can follow us on Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. We are available on iTunes and Spotify and the, all, all that fun stuff, even on YouTube. Yes. It's it's not even a joke anymore. Why don't keep bringing it up? This is where we are. It's available everywhere. You can also check out Frontline League. That's on Twitter. That's our wrestling prediction uh, page and, and results and stuff. And we, we predicted both these shows and we've got war games coming up and there's lots of fun stuff there with character chat and Uh, different storylines going on. It's a hell of a lot of fun as well, done by pretty much all of us also. So check that out as well. Until next time, thanks again. Have a good night.